What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Marin with Intuitive Minds Podcast. Welcome to another episode. And today's guest, we have owner, president of DMG Clearances, Inc., Deborah Menes Gardner. How are you, Deborah? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of this. So now, break down on who Deborah Menes Gardner is, where is she from and everything, the beginnings. The beginnings. I mean, I was born and raised in Delaware, but I left as soon as I finished high school. Um, I went to college in Boston at Emerson. Mm-hmm. and did college in three years so I could get out of that and mm-hmm. settled in New York. I was in New York City until 9-11. Um, mm. We had just adopted um, a baby boy, and we decided that was not the place where we wanted to stay, so we moved back to Delaware um, because that's where um, my son's father was from. Um, but no matter where my location has been, it has never affected my ability to have a successful clearance company. Mm-hmm. We have staff all over the country mm-hmm. through, the, through the whole course of, of DMG being established back in 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're very fortunate. You know, when COVID happened and people were stuck working at home, DMG had already been established as a company where staff could always work from home. We set up a company that was really geared towards women Uh, Mm -hmm. people with children or had commitments to take care of people so that they could work from home and, and work the hours that worked for their schedule. And it, it has worked. It's been very successful. And so during the time of COVID, if anything, we actually picked up business. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Cause I mean, a lot of people are also, I mean, they're not putting as much music out. I'm not hearing as much music out, but I'm also hearing people working, gearing towards getting music out. So I'm pretty sure you're getting a lot of like songs headed towards your way to clear and everything. Oh my goodness, May is going to be bombarded with new music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, starting with Khaled's albums coming out on Friday. Yep, yep. I was, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to get to that. But uh, <laughs> yep, yep. Hey, he's, he's pretty, I love his, his marketing skill is amazing. Like he does, his rollout is completely amazing. I'm loving his rollout right now. So I'm waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. And he's a good person. Mm-hmm. He's like one of my favorite clients. He's so kind and sweet. Although, all of you know Cole, who is just really nice. Mm-hmm. Drake's team. I work with really big-hearted, kind people, mm-hmm. and that's important. That's fortunate. That's fortunate. And now, now growing up, obviously, inspiration-wise, who were your some of your inspirations? Whether it's music, movies, or just a, a person. Um, you know, I I didn't know that I was going to go in the music industry. I mm-hmm. actually started in theater um, oh, okay. when I was in college and was doing stand-up comedy. Um, oh, okay. Dennis Leary was my professor at Emerson. Nice. So <laughs> I thought I was going to go in that direction and it just totally flipped and changed. Um, I learned how to do, you know, at Emerson, they teach you to go how to do stuff behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to do video editing and writing and production. Um, so then when I first went to New York, I was working on music videos and then it kind of just geared into this direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if there was necessarily a specific individual. I was always just evolving and trying to find my place. Mm-hmm. What about like music wise? What are some of your favorites? Do you have any favorite artists growing up listening to that you listen to? Or? See, now I was punk rock when I was growing up. My mm-hmm. sister was really into rock and roll and the Beatles. And, you know, mm-hmm. one of her first concerts was Queen. Um, but I was really uh rebellious one could mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. <laughs> so i was really into like susie and the banshees and the germs and doa um mm-hmm. 
and the sex pistols. You know, there were kids that would walk around with like ACDC and, and Rush on their jean jackets. And I like had the anarchy pins all over the back of mine. So I was really, anything I could do to be rebellious, <laughs> I did. Any, anything I could do to push a button, I definitely did that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you mentioned like theater and everything. Now, any favorite like theater actors you have or just like what, what transpired you to do theater like in, in, that, in that sense? Um, you know, I, I started at a very young age. I was really into doing just theater and dancing and singing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of funny. Um, recently, I went back to rewatch all of Fran Joshner's The Nanny. Nice. And she is a contemporary Lucille Ball. And mm -hmm. I think she was brilliant. She was amazing. Um, mm -hmm. And it was like that Jewish humor she did. But there was just so mm -hmm. much to it. And I, I really related to her, which came much later. I mean, that wasn't until the 90s. Yeah. Um, but so there's someone that I just have a lot of respect for. Mm -hmm. It's it's always evolving and changing as it should in, mm -hmm. in the world of, of TV and theater and even stage. I mean, I worked with Lynn on um, Hamilton. And when I first started, when I was at the public theater, I said, this is going to revolutionize theater, which it mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. um, so I never close myself off. I always am open to being turned on to new actors, new artists, new books, new everything. And I think that's how I'm able to keep up with the change in technology and entertainment and social media and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm 55 and I'm on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, look, you have to be, I mean, because you are working with, you're constantly working with people that are re still relevant. You know what I mean? It's not like your, your work is not, it was like from back in the day, you're still active. So you have to kind of be, aware of who's who and what's what you know what i mean absolutely yeah you know it's part of the industry i mean i i always ask people it's like what can, how do you compare the industry from from today to five ten years ago and it's it's different answers you know what i mean some people are like well i back then was much better some people are like today is much better so like it varies but that shows that they're that they, they keep an eye out you know what i mean Mm -hmm. which, which is a great thing you know what I mean and you look at the artists that are like you look at the artists like Jay-Z or Nas and everything they kept their eyes open you know and the investments and you know what's new out there oh Robin Hood is new oh a ring is new okay I'm gonna invest you know what I mean so it's always try to keep relevant and try to keep an eye out so yeah 55 at TikTok that's not bad at all you know <laughs> thank <what I> mean? <laughs> you it's not bad at all i mean there's there's people there's like it's it was for teenagers but you know what every it's it, it was meant for everybody so it, there's so much you can do on tiktok it, it so much but uh now the position that you landed how does someone land a position such as yours and clear samples and who was the first artist that you cleared for you know i fell into this niche because no one was clearing samples back in 1990 Mm -hmm. And um, I had some flatmates from England living in my loft and they were turning me on to the, the, the hip hop scene that was going on. I'm like, this is just like punk. It's very rebellious. Mm -hmm. So one of the first stuff I worked on was really, I worked with Eric Sermon and Parrish Smith. Um, yes. You know, they had discovered DOS effects mm -hmm. and Redman. <clears throat> I had worked with Shinehead. There was so much East coast stuff going on. Mm -hmm. uh, it was exciting. And <clears throat> there were no rules to it to the game um so we were kind of creating the rules as we were doing it and i still think it's evolving because mm -hmm. technology is changing you know when we first we did buyouts because people said this music wasn't going to last so when i cleared james brown for me by me it was a 500 all media buyout of course you're really? not going to get that anymore so 
then you, you know, the way the labels were like, okay, we're going to do it as, as a rollover, meaning that they would be at paid $2,000 for every 250,000 units with the idea that as soon as it sold 250,000 and one units, you'd pay another fee. But the problem was if it didn't, it only sold 10 more units, the value of those units changed. So then they moved on to, well, let's do a penny rate. Let's get paid in advance against a penny rate. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a little arrogant of us because pennies were only were established in the United States. How would you then calculate it outside the United States? Right, yeah. Let's not forget, then we started going on the internet. So it became a percentage of PPD. But now you have two different values because there was the download value and the hard configuration value, mm-hmm. which was the percentage. But then you had the streaming value, which was a very different equation, and other income, third-party income that happened on the internet. So deals are continuously evolving based on the exploitation of the end product, which is so exciting. And Mm -hmm. and, and so you're always learning. This is is not the same thing every day, and that's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Now, is is there because I I don't know if this is true or not, but I've read somewhere a long, long time ago that there's a the if if a song has a certain age, then you can you can take that song and sample it without having to clear it. Is that true or does it have like a statute of limitation at all? Or that's false. So some people try to look for material that might be considered public domain under U.S. copyright law, mm-hmm. but one must bear in mind that public domain in the United States is not public domain outside the United States. Okay. Hello, My Baby is a song that's public domain in the United States, but it's controlled by Warner Chapel mm-hmm. outside the United States. Then there's the whole idea that people actually use more in the film industry of anything 1976 and looking for, you know, rear window and all these kind of rules, which don't really apply in the sample world because you're not using a song in its entirety or its original purpose of creation. You're taking portions of a song and incorporating it to a new song. And so then the argument from the copyright holders are it's a new use and therefore it doesn't fall into loopholes. Mm-hmm. But everyone's always looking for loopholes, not just in samples, but in sync clearances. You know, that's what attorneys do is they try to look for loopholes. I'm not an attorney. I'm a clearance agent. For sure. And I believe if you've used someone else's material to make your material better or to change it or utilize it in any way, you need to get permission and you need to compensate the person for it. I mentioned the 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 limit on the years and stuff like that. What about like the, the seconds? Like let's say like you take five seconds of the sample. Right. How many seconds? How is there, that if you lift an original recording, mm-hmm. even if it's one second. Mm-hmm. You have to clear it because it's someone right. else's sound recording. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that comparison is theft. If you pickpocket a piece of gum Fact. or you pickpocket a fur coat, it's mm-hmm. still theft, right? Fact, yeah. So yeah. even if you're using one second of them, now if you're using one second of just a composition replayed, that's not copyrightable. And so obviously you don't clear one second of a replayed note. Okay, that's what I mean. Like the little, like certain little, like certain notes. Like how many seconds do you have? Does it take? That's what that's what I meant. Okay, it's not usually seconds. It's usually a number of notes. And I think Dr. Farrar has been success- successful with the three note argument. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you know, I work with with um, Marshall with Eminem, and he never takes a chance. And 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 the same with like Lin Manuel with Hamilton. Some mm-hmm. of these uses were just like a few words that you would have never even realized it was from a Mob Deep song, but because he knew it came from a Mob Deep song and it was an homage to Mob Deep, mm-hmm. he wanted to clear it and do the right thing. Yeah, yeah, because I, I feel like 
like is that, it goes the same no matter how 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 you slice it right even if you're trying to like take a song from it but then you're trying to like contribute it to that person that's still if you know what i mean like you just mentioned it like uh like uh, the mob deep situation if you know what i mean exactly yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And, you know, we have a lot of um, in hip hop and rap, we use a lot of lyrical uses. And I think it's mm -hmm. important we evaluate the lyrics. The question then becomes, is there prior art? Are those lyrics specifically from that song? Mm -hmm. My argument is if you use those lyrics because you were influenced by that particular song, then you know that you should be clearing it. If they were lyrics that were used and the person didn't realize it, sometimes you have to bring it to their attention yeah. or perhaps it, 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 it isn't that path. There's. I'm not a musicologist, but they're always open for conversations for that type yeah, of use. Yep, yep. Now, you, you've obviously cleared a lot of samples for many, many artists, but I'm going to take it way back to Notorious B.I.G. Uh, which song did, did you clear for him? Which, which album was that? I did a couple of albums. Four. Um, okay. So, and the last obviously being when he passed, um, but then we also did the remix album after that. Mm -hmm. The only so, album I didn't, I didn't do the first album. Oh, okay. Okay. So, but you. But I helped clean up claims that came in on the first album. So you know, I'm pretty tight with the estate and the lawyers for the estate. Okay. And uh, um, it was an honor. It was, you know, he. I still think he was one of the best rappers. I still mm -hmm. think he is one of the best. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which which estate was that again? Because it, it cut off when you when you. Oh, said I'm it. sorry. The um the the Christopher Wallace estate, which okay, I okay. usually um deal with the attorneys. Mm -hmm. Um you know, Wayne and Julian's and, and bad boys usually involved. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of players involved when you're, you're clearing big, boy, mm -hmm. uh, biggie and bad boy. Now, mm -hmm. did you get a chance to meet with him or conversate with him at all? Did you get a, I did not meet with him. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I was supposed to be out there when, when he passed. Um, unfortunately I, I was not, you know, I, tr you know, I, I don't have anything in common with my clients. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm not friends with them. Right. I have great relationships with them. Sometimes I speak to them on the phone. You know, Khaled has had me fly down to Florida to be in his studio when we work. Mm -hmm. But I always say to people, you know, I can do a better job just being at my desk and behind my computer getting the work done. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really into the whole fanfare. You know, I've only gone to a few... Um, movie premieres right yeah, um, yeah i actually used to just turn them down a lot because mm -hmm. i always was very uncomfortable not you know i i was more of a wallflower so i, I don't <laughs> really do that and and when it comes to dealing with the artist directly it depends on if they're producing you know biggie didn't produce they were right. all outside producers that i would talk mm -hmm. to right, right, so right. you know marshall produces Drake doesn't produce. So I usually talk to his team, but I do right. talk to 40 who, who mm -hmm. produces. Mm -hmm. So my relationships and conversations need to be with the people who utilize the samples. Um, except like Busta is very hands-on. So he might not have produced the song, but he's so hands-on. He likes to talk directly with you. So it, it varies. Right, right. What's something that you, has, has Busta ever given you any advice at all? What's something you've, you've taken from Busta conversating with him? I don't think there's advice. I just adore him. And, mm -hmm. you know, I have known him since leaders of the, of the new school. Mm. So, um, and he always makes these jokes. You knew me when I was chubby. You knew me when I was skinny. You knew me when I was built. I'm like, Busty. I mean, he is just one of the fastest, most amazing rappers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you think about that, mm -hmm. you know, what's neat about, and maybe I'm just stuck in, in some of the older rappers, but 
so distinct. They either mm-hmm. had a distinct voice or a style of rapping that you mm-hmm. you heard it and you knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the stuff, the contemporary stuff, not as exciting to me personally, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's any less or any not as good as what other people think. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Because I mean, you mentioned like, uh, you were right. I mean, because I'm a very big hip hop head. And every time I mention like top five MCs, I'm always leading to the 90s hip hop. And then somebody was like, well, what are your top new MCs? I'm like, I really haven't thought of that. Cause I'm like still, cause there's so many different sounds. There's so, you can kind of get the same message you get from these artists from back in the day artists, just in a different lyrical and a different storyline. If you know what I mean, it depends on which one works better for you. Mm-hmm. So no, it, it's true. I mean, there's, some, and then, you know, some of the people that I really love that's contemporary, I don't consider rapper hip hop. Mm-hmm. I think Tyler, the creator is a genius. Mm-hmm. He is not hip hop and he's not rap. People think because he's black, he isn't, he is, but he's not. And I think he is one of the most talented contemporary artists um, where Cole does rap. And I think he's awesome. His, and his is very different. Right. Um, Kendrick, another, um, you know, when I did Pimp, Pimp a Butterfly, another really talented person who brought in amazing producers to work on his material. So um, you have to look and evaluate all these different um, artists and and what they're trying to say. I'd like to see more female. I don't see as much females I would like to see. Mm-hmm. And um, my son has turned me on to, and I don't remember names, so please don't ask. But sometimes he turns me on to stuff out of the UK. Um, okay. You know, sometimes I get turned into new artists that work with the Gorillas because my son is a huge Gorillas fan. <laughs> nice. Um, yes. And so actually, any artist that is performed with the Gorillas, he ends up buying and downloading their material any solo projects that the, the guys or Damon works on, my son has like followed that and, and downloaded it. We, we have a policy in our house. We buy music. Yeah. My boyfriend buys vinyl. We see new vinyl coming to our house once a week. Um, my, we download and we purchase material. We don't do anything free. So your collection must be insane then. It is. You know, we moved into a new house right before COVID and we still have not been able to unpack <laughs> all of our our music but we're actually thinking of turning our dining room into a music gaming mm, room so nice. we'll be able to unpack everything because who uses a dining room these days no one true <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is true that is yeah, yeah, yeah you can yeah yeah now do you have like do you have them in frames because for me i keep i try to have vinyls in frames i try to keep them in like frames and like frame them up and stuff like do you keep the cover in frames or do you just like stuff them i i couldn't frame all the vinyl i have i have way too much vinyl um, I mean, I've got, I, you know, sometimes people will buy me 45s as a, as mm-hmm. a neat thing. And I do frame those. Like I've got a whole set of prints, 45s that I actually got at a used store down in, in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh my God, these are so inexpensive. And he had just passed. So I framed all that stuff. And um, my boyfriend has bought me some 45s, but um, I don't have enough wall space for everything i mean we've got at least five or six thousand cds minimum um yeah we have, we have a lot we have a so lot that's, um, music is always is music constantly playing in the house and it's always music so all day long there is and, and my boyfriend for fun you know he's a drummer and so we we actually have a drum kit in our bedroom and it's an electronic one the the manual ones in the basement and everyone's like you have a drum kit i'm like yeah i also have a trampoline like a little trampoline in my bedroom we we don't have a normal household you know um his son plays the keyboards um you know we have instruments all over the house 
Mm-hmm. So, but we just, it's just for pleasure. It's mm-hmm. so, yes, there's always drums going on someplace in the house. <laughs> always. Now, uh, we'll keep it hip hop and everything. Uh, what are your top five MCs overall? I know we spoke about it. you like to stay in the 90s, but what are your top five overall? Oh my God, that's not fair. I mean, Eminem's on the top, Marshall's mm-hmm. on the top, um, and and um, LL Cool J, Red Man, mm-hmm. Method Man, because Wu Tang, I love Wu Tang Clan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, that's really hard. Uh, <laughs> I really like KRS One. Um, I mean, I guess I, you know, you dig into that older stuff that I absolutely. You put it on and you can find a criticism. You just love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe he, his first album, he distributed through a, a, a porno company. I remember hearing that. I was like, Jesus Christ. That's back in the eighties. That, that must've been tough. You know what I mean? And, to, and he just like, no radio was taking him. So he's like, let me distribute it through like a porno company. It's like ridiculous. It's like, it was a different, it was a different time. If you think mm-hmm. about it, it's so different. I mean, even like making music was so hard, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and now the kids, you know, they can do it on their phone. They can do it on their laptops. They can yeah. do it on their iPads yeah. where it was different equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and even buying equipment and how difficult and how you had to save up for it. Mm-hmm. And now you've got all these software programs yep. where you are just, you could be spending like $800 a year just to keep renewing your license or spending $3,000 to buy it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone used to, sh- remember everyone used to just share. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> you come to my house. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just, and it's like, people don't know, like not nowadays, like, cause I go to like uh, my friend's house sometimes. He has a bunch of like instrument, like pianos, or all of these like, instrument instruments that he and i'm like do you ever use these at all he was like no it's like so why do you have them like he's because he's so consumed because, because you never know i mean i've been in the studio with will power um with an mm-hmm. artist i used to manage and like we would have someone come in and, and pick up the guitar and play it and put that through the system and then play with it i have another friend who's working on an album mm-hmm. and he does all that he uses plugins and then he plays stuff and puts it in the system and then tweaks the hell out of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a whole different world. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's patience and it's amazing what some of these people can do. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like it's changed from, from now till then? Like the whole, we're all music inspired in your opinion, based on your experience in it as well. Um, I think you know, people always say that you, everything starts rehashing itself, but I think there's original stuff out there mm-hmm. and you just have to, and, and not just in hip hop and rap, but all genre, just the fact that all of this music is now weaving together mm-hmm. and <clears throat> um, can compete. You know, I know Billboard and Grammy still, they still break things out by music. You know, they, they you know, this is country and this is rock and this is alternative and this is R and B and, and I understand that and I accept that, but I think a lot of stuff now is just crossing over mm-hmm. and, um, and that's, what's great about it. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Now, based, if your life had a soundtrack, which five tracks would you pick? Oh my God. I'm not prepared for these questions. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's hard. I've got some hard stuff going on in my life. So, you know, the songs I would pick today might be different songs that I would pick next right. week, depending mm-hmm. On, on what mood I'm in, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes when I'm really down, I'll put on some Serge Gainsbourg, especially mm-hmm. Bonnie and Clyde with nice. uh, Brigitte Bordeaux. I love that song. Nice, yes. um, and then actually my boyfriend just bought me the vinyl. He knew I had 
the CD and I had it from iTunes and he actually bought me the vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also like a huge Amy Winehouse fan, you mm-hmm. know, especially if you're sad, just put on some Amy Winehouse and it can mm-hmm. really make you sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it can really take you there. Yeah. Yeah. You're not lying there. Yeah. It's like, out of nowhere. It's like a tear. It's like, wait, where did that come from? I was, I was the happiest guy just an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 leave the five tracks because of what's going on right now. But we'll we'll skip all that. And then um, but now outside of everything that you do, what are some hobbies? Um, I like to garden. I really am into gardening, growing my own vegetables because I mm-hmm. love to cook. And mm-hmm. so what's kind of exciting about COVID is we don't go out to eat, obviously. And so we've bought some really neat stuff to cook with. We have sous vide and we've got um you know, we've got a regular grill, we've got a flat griddle outside. Um, so we really enjoy to cook and we like to garden. Um, I used to be pre COVID, I used to travel a lot and mm. I love traveling and just exploring places. Um, I love museums. I love art. I like to people watch. I don't do anything crazy. I don't ski or yeah, <laughs> um, I did start learning how to knit because my sister is amazing and knows how to knit and crochet. Mm-hmm. And so for the holiday, for everyone's birthday, all my employees keep getting blankets from me. So <laughs> <laughs> what I have to do is a scarf or a blanket. Those are, those are the only things. I'm not talented enough to do anything in the round. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I'm kind of, you know, but on the flip side, I find that due to COVID, I, uh, there's no boundaries. And mm-hmm. so you find yourself working seven days a week. You find yourself answering texts and emails 11 or 12 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. You find that when you wake up in the morning at six, you're already responding. Mm-hmm. So there are definitely longer days. Um, this weekend, I hope to power wash the house and then relax. Yeah, <laughs> so kind of, yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's Wednesday. So like tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, so like two more days. You just got to gotta gotta keep going that's it yeah two more days but it's yeah man it's it's one of those now you mentioned traveling what are some of your favorite countries you've been outside of the like out traveling you mean outside of the country or like right yeah i mean i like traveling in the country and then i loved south africa and i've been the Joburg and you know national park but i i didn't get to hit cape town so i'd like to go back and hit cape town Mm -hmm. um I've been to like Norway and Stockholm, you know, to Sweden and to Iceland. I'd like to do some more exploring. Um, You know, my son and I were talking about our bucket list. You know, we really would like to hit Australia, Mm -hmm. New Zealand. Those those are on our list of places. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to, you know, I love France. I loved when I was in the south of France. I was able to hop on the train and go to Italy for lunch. Yep. (laughs) This is, you know, you totally new language and a whole new life. So um, I like to just experience all that. My son has been traveling since he was, gosh, 13, 14. So, and he's been, you know, even to more countries than I have in Europe, you know, he's Mm -hmm. been to Spain and Italy and and Greece. And so I just like, and I usually like to go where they don't speak English. (laughs) I can try to learn the language and really experience it. Like when I first went to Mexico, Mm -hmm. I had a guide where we kind of left Ixtapa and Zihuantanejo and we went into town where like the the restaurants only had three walls, you know, and it was a dirt floor Mm. so that you really could experience what people um, dealt with every day. 
it's it's always good to have somebody living in, in a certain country that you're visiting as well because chances are they won't take you to the touristy parts they'll right. take it to the original authentic parts because you know i've said it a bunch, bunch of times in this podcast i am from europe like i was born in albania and everything so that whole european thing is like the trains can take you one country to another in in, in, in one day and it's like it's a whole experience now it's a, so i miss it and i haven't been there in i don't know like five years i think six years so I'll, i miss it very much so. i'm hoping you know i don't i'm i'm not planning to travel in in 2021 um, I'm hoping by the end of 2022, we'll have to see um, what happens. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, that's that's on my list immediately. Go back to traveling. Mm-hmm. Have you picked up any like favorite foods that you're like, man, if I go back, I'm definitely going to have that. Mm, I'm trying to think. Um, you know, when I was in South Africa, I really liked biltong, which you can now get on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not as fresh because the biltong you actually get from the butcher, which mm-hmm. is a dried beef, but you can't call it beef jerky. It's not. It's completely different. Yeah. So, um, and what's interesting, and in, you know, I think there's like almost 12 different languages and tribes in South Africa, <clears throat> not even including, you know, the Afrikaans. And so the food is really unique there. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I did, I did enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. I'd love to go over there. I've never been, so I'm pretty sure it was a heck of an experience. It was incredible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, you've handled clearances for, you know, Broadway plays like Hamilton, as well as films like The Aviator, Eight Mile, Old Brother, Where Art Thou, and much more. Can you explain the difference between clearing a sample for a movie and a music, or is the process the same? It's different, and it's actually different people you go to. So when you're clearing for synchronization, which is your film, TV, podcasts, commercials, um, they need to take into account what the whole budget of the project is, what other songs, how the song's being used. Um, you know, so we usually send out a list of questions to our clients. You know, who's the director? Who's in it? What's the synopsis? What's the budget? Title of the song, how many seconds or minutes is it used? What is the scene description? What's the visual that's mm. being, that the music's being synced up to? And so your fees are a lot different. Um, then you flip it to a sample clearance, and it's more of um, how is that song incorporated into the new song? Is it five seconds of baseline chopped and looped throughout the new copyright? Mm-hmm. And then the deals are different. So in, in the world of synchronization, it's usually like a one-time payment, like an all-media worldwide mm-hmm. and perpetuity fee. And those fees can range from $5,000 to $100,000. Obviously, commercials are a lot more. But then when you look in the sample world, they're going to continue to own a piece of that copyright and receive revenue for continuous revenue forever. So it's like the sampled writers sat down and wrote down with the, sat down with the new writers and wrote a new song. It's like the sampled artist went into the studio and recorded a new song with the new artist. And so hmm. that's the concept of everyone getting continuous revenue. Hmm. That's, that's completely, that's a, yeah, man. So do you have to like take different, like when you take courses for this stuff, it's like different courses for it. Is the course is the same? I don't know. I mean, courses that I've seen or I've lectured at are usually just discussions on how music clearances are, what they are, how to go about it, why you need to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's actually a course that shows like this is what a request letter looks like. I did speak on a panel and mm-hmm. everyone asked um, 
if they could see what my form letters looked like. So I, I'm sure people steal my 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 stuff and use it for their mm -hmm. own purposes mm -hmm. of clearance, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is fine as long as the stuff gets cleared. Yes, <laughs> that's all that matters. I mean, the industry is very tricky. You have to be careful with every single aspect. And whenever you put, because even me with like putting music out, sometimes I just, I'd rather not try to, I'd rather not sample it or I'd rather just take the, do it everything one by one. If a song takes me a full day, it'll take me a full day because I try to avoid sampling because I don't want to go through all the clearances because what if they don't want to clear it and, oh man, a, a good song just wasted. You know what I mean? So I try to keep everything like sample, like free. Which All right, but there are places that you consider. I mean, there's Tracklib and there's Splice. So Tracklib has pre-existing copyrights for people to sample with pre-negotiated mm. fees. I mean, that's what Cole did with Middle Child mm -hmm. and Khaled's done it. So um, uh, Brockhampton's done it. Fantagram has done it. So more and more artists, Busta is, 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 is looking at, at Tracklib. Everyone's looking at Tracklib as a means of being able to sample but keeping, okay. knowing that anything you sample from there is going to get approved. You know what the fees are going to be based on their website and they have pre-existing materials. That's that's incredible to use. See, I didn't know that. I just learned that. See, I, I'm still, yeah, that's crazy. Don't stop sampling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm just, it's just an avoidance thing. But yeah, that's, yeah, I appreciate that one. <laughs> appreciate that one. Now, based on your favorite movies or music and which character would you say resembles you the most personality-wise? Which character in the movies or TV? Yeah, the, the, on your favorite movies. Based on your favorite movies or music or TV that you have, which character would you think resembles you the most personality-wise? Like for me, it would be Marlon Brando. Right. You know, when I was younger, people used to say Bette Midler. Nice. Okay. Why you know, I, I, who I follow <clears throat> on Instagram, um, you know, with the curly hair, being Jewish, being ballsy, outrageous, um, pushing the envelope. You know, she used to perform at a lot of the um, the gay clubs in New York. I used to hang out at all the gay clubs. Not that I'm gay. It was just a really good safe <laughs> safe mm -hmm. zone to hang out mm -hmm. so i think it would be bet midler nice no yeah. i got to speak to you on the phone once when um <laughs> marshall sampled her and he sampled the rose and it was i was like oh my goodness this is the biggest honor it was amazing how was that conversation do you remember it all she or? was just really sweet and kind and and she loved the song she loved mm -hmm. the song when she heard it um it was wonderful you know now, uh, obviously, Khaled's album is coming out on Friday, and his albums, obviously, his his sample game is insane. Is it tough clearing such such, such samples that he picks with such a, a caliber that he has? This album went so smoothly. We have we had I had the first like six songs cleared within a week. Nice. Um, then he gave me some more stuff. Um, but he's so hands on. He makes mm -hmm. it so easy. We reach out to people. It. You know, we played the stuff over the phone. I've got a phone meeting for one more listening session. We know it's going to get approved. We just have to do one more listening session at 3.30. Mm -hmm. But he's just incredible. Absolutely mm -hmm. incredible. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned that you've gone out to Miami with him. What's what's like, what's like conversation like with him when you conversate with him? What's something that you pick out of him? Like, do you pick his brain at all? I don't pick his brain. He's just had the, has the biggest heart, you know. Um, 
I was supposed to fly down for this album and I actually told him, I just, I didn't feel comfortable getting on an airplane. He mm -hmm. was so respectful. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we, he sat out on his backyard and, and played it on a boom box for me to listen yeah, to everything yeah. and, and talk about it. His heart is just big. Mm -hmm. He just, he loves what he does. He's such a family man. He mm -hmm. loves Nicole. He loves his wife. Mm -hmm. And I think people really enjoy working with him because he just gets so excited about what he does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, every album we do, he says, this is going to be bigger than the last one. I said, yep. it will be because, you know, you always, you're always thinking bigger and better. Mm -hmm. And he's just so kind and polite and nice. Mm -hmm. I, I, mean, I, I, I There's nothing bad I could ever say about him. Yeah. Ever. I mean, compared to, I mean, he's been doing this since like, he was technically 15. You know, so it's a, it's been a, started, yeah. It's it's been a long. That's what some people when I hear people like, oh, DJ Khaled and all. Yeah, but if you look at the road that he's been on, uh, half of you people wouldn't make it. It's you know how tough it is to go from Miami to to New York to just to promote your stuff. It's very tough, especially in the '90s. And that's what he was doing. He was going from Miami to New York, and then you know, obviously, he met Fat Joe, and then you know. But he stuck around. But, you know, he's been doing it for a long, long time. And, you know, Fat Joe mentions, mentions him on, on Lean Back. You know, Khaled, I see you. That went over people's heads. It's like, Khaled? Who's Khaled? And then, you know what I mean? DJ Khaled was born. But he had been doing this way beforehand. You know what I mean? So there's a certain respect that I have for DJ Khaled just because of the road that he had. Yeah, he had, he had a tough road. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was on a label that didn't work out well for him. And yeah. You know, and and his attorney Theo Sedemeyer, who's also amazing, mm -hmm. um, you know, took care of him, and he's in a really good place. Yeah, yeah. And nice. and I I always say if you're if you're good and kind, good will come to you. And I think he's a perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, you're and the family man. That's like a thousand percent. He's all about family. You gotta love that about him. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, towards the end of the podcast, I have these 10 questionnaires that are rapid answers that I got from James Lipton from Inside the Actor Studios. And uh, the first question is, what is your favorite word? <laughs> Probably kerfuffle. <laughs> <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Duly noted. Nice. What turns you on in life? Positivity. What turns you off in life? Um, I'd say condescension. Mm -hmm. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, the ocean, like the waves breaking on the shoreline. Mm -hmm. What sound or noise do you hate? <laughs> I hate Getty Lee's voice. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> if Rush comes on the radio, I turn it off. That's funny. I know. What oh God, I'm going to get slammed for this, aren't I? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I could cut that part out if you want, but I'll leave no, it. <laughs> no, no, no. That's who I am. Uh, yep. Uh, what is your favorite curse word? Fuckle. Fuckle. <laughs> what uh, profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Teacher. What profession would you not like to, to do? Politics. Even though I worked on the Biden-Harris campaign, I would never want to go into politics. Yeah, it's, it's, man, it's a tricky ill. Uh, if, and then last one, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I have someone waiting for you right now. Mm -hmm. Any and last that, one? And, and that would be Peyton, who just passed. Mm -hmm. 
any last words you'd like to give to the people? Any shout outs? Um, I love what I do. And I think it's so important that whatever you do, that you enjoy it. Um, you only have one left life to live. And most of your waking hours spent doing your job or career. Mm -hmm. So please make sure that you enjoy what you do. And it's okay to switch careers midlife. Mm -hmm. And where can we follow you on the social? Um, I'm on Facebook. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know my accounts by heart. I think it's a uh, PDP DMG. I, 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 uh, yeah, I think you can just Google me and you can find yeah, me. Yeah, Most people usually just Google me. You know, it's so funny when I have to fill out these forms and they're like, give us your LinkedIn address and your Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I always have to look it up each time because they yeah. don't even know. Mm -hmm. How sad is that? And it's funny because Coward, God bless him. We were doing a phone meeting, takes a picture of me. I have a mask on because someone was in my house, posted on his Instagram page, and all these people started following me. And he's all over my Instagram page now. <laughs> it is. And it's just adorable. It's just, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I did see that. I did see that. Like that, that's where I found you actually. I was like, oh snap. I, I'd be that'd be an interesting story to to hear somebody who clears samples. It was from a post that Khaled uh, posted. Yeah. Like, oh, he's, he's very loyal to people. Mm -hmm. He's a mm -hmm. really loyal. He's so loyal to me. Mm -hmm. And I am loyal to him. Yeah. I mean, I could tell. I mean, he was like, he, he'll fly anybody out that like he needs for, he needs him for like no problem flying him out and just be there and working, mm -hmm. there, working through computer all, all day long. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and face to face. But um, yeah, this was another episode of uh, Intuitive Minds Podcast. Thank you again, Deborah, for being a part of it. Um, all right, guys. Peace.